when I get a copy editor, they're going to go through the manuscript for punctuation, grammar, Chicago Manual of Style, word usage. Um, they will look up locations and places, and they're kind of doing a little bit of fact-checking. Some of them are way better at it than others. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. And Steve, I gotta say, I know there is something new going on with you, and I want you to tell me about it. Well, you know, you hopefully listeners will remember, you probably won't remember, but a few weeks ago we talked about the process of keeping your butt in the chair and finishing things. And, and I, at the end of an episode, I ask you, you know, what should I do? Should I be working on this other thing or should I finish this thing that's almost done? And uh, you made it perfectly clear that what I should do is finish <laughs> this thing that's almost done, which is a collection of short stories. I owed my editor final revisions so that she could go through and do the final proofread and that I could publish it. But, of course, I was terrified of that process, so I put it off while I was doing other things. And you chastised me on, I you did know, not on the air. You chastised me. So I did it. Well, and, good. Congratulations. And I published it. The title is uh, Four Seasons of Reno Heart. Uh, the four seasons are the, the four stories take place in spring, summer, fall, and winter. Uh, the character is a private investigator who lives and works in Miami. And it was published uh, a week or so ago. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I thank you for giving me the, uh, I don't know, sort of a spanking. Well, an internet-based spanking, if, and uh, I don't know if we could say that, but it's sort of sort of what it felt like at the time. But oh, uh, you encouraged Lord. me to uh, to finish it, so well, that, that's my exciting it. news. Now you get a cookie. Hey, yay! <laughs> <laughs> so the, I guess you know I want that to be our topic for today's show. Okay, that's going to be our topic for today's show. You, the New York Times best-selling and award-winning author, and I, the indie-published author, comparing and contrasting what we go through to get a book published. I think I think this is going to be an interesting show. It would be. I think it's be fun for people to hear about it. Like one one process versus the other process. Yes, and it's what we're going to do is break this up into two parts. The first part is going to be the pre-publication part, and the second part will be the publication and beyond part, because we all know you New York Times bestselling authors have these enormous publishing budgets and marketing <laughs> budgets that are behind you, and uh, we'll get into that next week. But uh, this week, we're going to talk about the other you know, enormous assets that you have that, that are brought to the table on your behalf as, as compared to some of us that are indie authors. Do I, t do I sense a touch of bitterness? <laughs> <laughs> and a touch of sarcasm, because I, I realize uh, how those enormous assets are cut back uh, yes, as, as time goes by. <laughs> but I wanted to say also, like for our listeners, like when we do this, this is my personal experience and Steve's personal experience. We are not speaking for all traditionally published authors or all traditional or all indie authors. This is just two people talking about their own experiences. So you have to take that for what it is. Yes. And, and in my case, uh, my experience has to do with the editor that I chose to do this work. Other editors might do things differently. In your case, uh, you, 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 won't, you wouldn't even use the term editor. For you, editor means something else entirely. Mm. And, and we'll get into that. 
Okay. Okay. So for me, the process started by writing these stories. And you were kind enough to take a look at one of them uh, some time ago. Before I'd sent it anywhere, I just, you know, I'd finished the story. I sent it to you and, and you were kind enough to take a look at it. You offered some thoughts. I made some changes and sort of, I, you know, I, I think I might have even used the term tailorized them. When uh, when we I'll were talking, that as a compliment. but but you made some global comments about my writing style. You know some of the things that we talk about on a on a weekly basis here during the show. You know like you know move this forward. Um, you know do take this five paragraphs and turn it into one sentence. Those those kinds of things. So I, I went through all the stories and and did all of that, which was an enormous amount of work. Mm-hmm. And then I yeah. sent it to my editor. And when you're an indie published author, an editor means one thing. That's the person who's going to look at your story and make suggestions and make changes and, and do other things. Um, for you, uh, the term editor means something else entirely. Uh, I don't know if I'd say entirely. It just has a slightly different um, practical application um, my process starts the same as yours. I've got to write it, got to finish it. And at that point, my agent's either going to try and sell it or she's going to submit it to somebody who's already bought it. Because in traditional publishing, the editor is the person who works at the publishing house, who acquires the manuscripts on behalf of the publishers and then guides them through the entire process. So even if your book's been published eight years ago, you're still going to have someone who's your contact point at the publisher who will tell you if there's been a foreign sale or whatever. And that person is your editor, even if they're no, they're not the same person who originally worked with you on your book, because that person, the first person has long since moved on somewhere else. And in your case, you have worked with multiple editors, right? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay. And so that's, that's a big difference right up front. For, for me, I have the opportunity to select the editor that I want to work with. It, it's sort of flipped around for you. you. There's an acquiring editor who acquires your work, and then that person may or may not be there when it's time for the next book. That is correct. And the, I do have a small little say-so I guess you could say, in who is my editor. Not like you, where you just can pick who you want, but my agent isn't going to submit my work to an editor she doesn't feel would be a good fit for me. Okay. So there's that small, much smaller scale of choice there. All right, and then there's, there's a really big difference that, that, that comes in right here because, A, I get to select my own editor, but, B, I have to pay her. Right. In, in your case, they select <laughs> you and me. they pay you. So it's a slightly, yes. <laughs> different, uh, a slightly different process there. Yeah. Okay. Great. So anyway, I send my book to my editor, and the first thing I get back is what we call, she and I call, a content edit. And, and I know people use different terms for that, but in, in my case, the content edit is she reads this, she reads the story, points out plot holes, uh, points out things that don't make sense, uh, you know, says, oh, this character was named Joe here, and you, you're calling him Jim here, um, you know, things, things like that. But primarily... Uh, plot hole or, or things that plot holes and things that don't make sense, pacing issues, that kind of thing. And she's doing all of that 
on the manuscript itself, whether it would be paper. In your case, it was digital. So yes. her comments were in Word as um, part of the edit features where she could add, you know, highlight things and comment them out. But it could have been just as easily done on the on a printout itself, but she's doing it on the manuscript, right? And yes, that would have been so discouraging to get all that back with red pin marks circling everything. <laughs> I, I'm much happier to get it back with just those cute little word word uh, comments, bubble, co- co- comment bubbles. Yes, and she's so kind because after every. 15 things where she points out something is wrong, she'll say something really nice. That's just enough when you're, you're just, your head is just barely off the desk and it's ready to just slam into it and you're ready to say, I'm never doing this again because I'm so bad. Then she says something nice and it's all over. You know, it's like, man, I could really do this. This is wonderful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and I sent you a copy of her content edits for the story that you had looked at. So you were able to look at that and sort of compare it to what you would normally get back from your team when you go through something like that. So I'm tossing the ball to you here. Okay, so for me, it doesn't start with what you just described as a content edit. When my editor has had a chance to read over everything and she's done making her notes and figuring, they're very thorough, at least the ones that I've worked with, I get back what's called an editorial letter. And in that letter she or he will spell out pretty much every big thing that they see as being an issue in this book. And I want to say everything that's wrong with it, but that's a, because that's what it feels like when you're getting something like that. But really what they're trying to do is help you make it the best that it could be. Mm -hmm. So it's not really, this is what's wrong with it. It's here's some stuff that would probably help make it better. Um, And so those editorial pages can be really, really long, Sometimes they go into great depth. Uh, sometimes they don't. And they'll go through it from a character perspective where they'll go through it from a, pay, a pacing perspective. And, you know, it'll even be like, well, I, you know, I felt that the pages between here and here were too slow and it would really benefit if some of this material was cut out. But they're not telling you on a paragraph by paragraph basis at that point what they think should be done. They're just saying, here's all the issues that I feel are at stake. And at that point, it's in your court as the author to do a rewrite. And you take it under advisement. You're not bound by handcuffs to do what they're saying. But the general rule of thumb is you ignore that advice at your own peril because you're so close to the forest, you can't see the trees. And here you're getting a very professional step back someone who's been doing this for a long time, looking at it and saying, mm, this might be a problem. Sometimes they'll come with you, they come at you with it and you go, well, I see your problem and I just don't agree with the solution, so here's an alternative. So this is all going to go down in that first big rewrite that happens in response to the editorial, the first editorial letter. And do you have any back and forth uh, with the person who did the first editorial letter? It will depend on your relationship and your your working relationship with the person. Um, if I have a question or a concern about a big sticking point, I'll want to talk with them and say, can you clarify this? What exactly did you mean? Um, because sometimes it doesn't always, you know, writing things get lost in translation as you're trying to explain complex thoughts through, you know, this back and forth, right? So sometimes a phone call is in order and, you know, 
especially if I have an issue with one of the suggestions, it's like, well, what about this and what about that? And, you know, the editors I've had have always been very um, non-authoritarian, so they want to work with me. They're not trying to to make me do it their way, but they can at times have very strong opinions about it. And so as an author and the editor, that's where your relationship of being able to get along and dialogue becomes very important. And again, this is a different kind of relationship than what I have with, with my editor because I'm paying her and they're paying you. So you may yes. have to pay more attention to what they say than I do, but because I'm sort of a newbie, I pay I pay a lot of attention to what she says. Right. And, and again, it, it, for me, it was, it's very much the same thing. Um, she doesn't say what you should do to fix it. She just says, here's a problem. Here's a problem. This is a problem. Um, and then, you know, it, it's up to you to fix it. For you, you get your first content edit. For me, I'm probably going to go for three or four of those before my editor is done with the content. Really? And yes, it'll start with it'll start with that first editorial mm -hmm. letter and a major rewrite if necessary. I mean, I haven't always done a major rewrite on all of my books, but there's always some rewriting that's that's needed. And then I may get a second editorial letter that's based on all the changes that I made. And it's going to be smaller and not as in-depth and there'll be half as many quote unquote things wrong with it, but it's going to be a whole nother look, whole fresh look at the manuscript and we're going to go at it again and I'm going to rewrite it, not rewrite the whole thing, not do a major rewrite. It's going to be smaller this time, mm -hmm. but it's going to be stuff that wasn't fully resolved from the first one or stuff that got kicked up in the dust of the reconstruction of the first one. And then from that point on, there's going to be a back and forth between me and the editor, me sending in another revision, and it'll be digital at this point in the game, kind of like how your content one was for you with comments in. And each time it gets sent back to her or him, the comments get fewer and fewer and fewer until we're finally down to just straggly things where we're quibbling over how a whether a sentence belongs in there or not. And at that point, we're pretty much done with the content edit part of it. Okay. And in my case, it's a one-pass content edit. I go in and I make the changes and I send them back and that starts the next process. And if she sees, you know, if, if I have created more glaring holes by fixing the first group of glaring holes, I'm sure she would tell me. Uh, but in, in my case, in this particular work, that, that didn't happen. So, so you don't actually know if you've satisfied her concerns or not because she doesn't come back at you no. and say, well, that's close, but still no gold star. No, no. The, you, the, just, you could just did it and then hope that it's good enough. And that's all sort of spelled out in, in the beginning. You know, with, with in, in the indie world, it's like, this is what I'm going to do first. This is what I'm going to do second. This is what I'm going to do third. And in some cases, you know, here we're talking about what I do with my editor. There are other people that will have uh, one editor for content edit. And they may go through multiple passes, and another edit for an edit, another editor for copy edit, and a third editor that does the proofreading. In my case, right. I chose to use the same person for all of them because uh, of cost. I didn't want to spend a small fortune to uh, to publish what is uh, you know a book of of short stories. It's just it's not going to sell fifty thousand copies, so there's not a right. lot of money to pay for editors. So I chose right. this one person to do all three of those things, and I understood exactly what I was going to get for the money that I'm paying her. 
So the second thing that I get then is what I think of as copy edits, and those are mostly smaller changes, just basically corrections, uh, things things that I've done wrong, not like proofreading level corrections, but but you know higher level things. And that's where I was stuck before, you know, because I'd gone in and I'd, I'd seen them all and I thought, wow, that's a lot. I'm going to have to grind through that. I'd rather work on this. I'd rather go I back and think. work on the novel because then yeah. I'm, I'm not that much closer to being judged. But when I actually went back and did it, it was, I think I told you at the time it might take me four hours and it probably took me eight to, to grind through all of it. That's fast. But when I was done, you know, it, it was, I was really happy. I was really happy yeah. with it and sent it off. And it's like, okay, now this is off my desk. The first time I sent it to her, it was probably a month or so before I got it back. Second time, a few weeks. And the third time, boom, it was like two days and I got it back. And I'm, so, I, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> a, a comparison question. Um, how many words do you think... The Four Seasons of Reno Heart is. I can tell you exactly. It's just it's uh, just over twenty five thousand. So probably so a, a quarter, quarter of, of what yours a book of oh, yours okay. would be. Well, that just helps me to make an apples to apples comparison because when I get a copy, so in my in my process, after the editor has signed off on it, it goes to a copy editor, and I think I mean what you're describing to me does sound like copy edi- editing. But maybe your copy edits are split into two. I'm not sure because we haven't gotten through your process yet. But my, when I get a copy editor, they're going to go through the manuscript for, you know, punctuation, grammar, Chicago Manual of Style, word usage, anything that um, they will look up locations and places. And they're kind of doing a little bit of fact checking. Some of them are way better at it than others. Others fact check stuff as if, like, I had that one time where it's like talking about a train and the character being lulled to sleep by the rhythm of the wheels against the track and copy editor says, is this an old fashioned train? Trains don't have wheels anymore. (laughs) Um, So like I said, they come in all qualities and that's really something maybe she should have fact checked, but it's going to be a a real thorough. There's not going to be a page that comes back to me without a marking on it. And if I get a page back, that's because my, my punctuation is atrocious. I've learned, but I'm, it's still atrocious. Um, if there's a page that comes back with just like three or four commas on it that have been scratched out or moved around, I'm like, oh my God, that's so awesome. So it is a very detailed process and it takes me about a week to do to go through a copy edit. And I've got to either approve or reject every single suggested change. And as do I, same, same thing. And it does, it's, it's mostly the same. And then I get that back. And that, again, that's what I, that's what I spent like eight hours grinding through, making the changes. And, and these were not changes that I arbitrarily just went in and accepted all of them because some of them I disagreed with. Some of them were dialogue related. And I liked the way my dialogue went as opposed to, you know, she, she didn't like it for whatever, whatever reason. You're probably it, grammatical, but because that's the way they're supposed to look at it. Right. But for us, it's not always grammar. It's cadence. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was dialogue. So. So anyway, I, I finished that, sent it off to her again, and then is, is the proofreading thing. That's when it comes back, and that's when there were actual pages with no corrections. So in my case, the proofreading is done completely differently. Once I send back the copy edit, it will get it goes into production, and it it turns into what's called a first pass pages where they take that text and they lay it out and it looks like how the book is going to look, but it's printed out 
on normal letter size paper. And I'll get it back, and it's going to go to the production department. And I'm supposed to read it, find all the errors that I can find in it. That Because copy editing, while it removes a lot of mistakes, often ends up putting mistakes into it as well, because that's just what happens. It's mm-hmm. part of the, the process of shifting text around and, you know, saying yes to this and no to this or whatever. So I'm reading it. And at the same time, someone in the production department is reading it to proof, to catch any mistakes. Um, and then they'll go over mine. And I'll, I'll still be making changes at that point, small little tweaks and changes that they will then take and turn into a second pass page. And the second pass pages, once those get corrected and proofed, are basically what will be. And every once in a while, there's a third pass, but it's rare. Um, that, that's. The corrected second pass is what will turn into the text of the manuscript. Okay. And so that's a much lengthier process than what I go through for what I'm calling proofreading. You're, you're, you know, it's, it's a much bigger process for you. So it's just like how my editing is multi-steps to mm-hmm. my content edit is multi-steps to your one. My proofing is multi-steps to your one also. Okay. And so at that point, I have the finished manuscript in my hands, the digital finished manuscript. In your case, the book's laid out and you're essentially done. So this, that's, that's where we're going to cut this episode off. And then we're going to get I'm into... I'm done for almost one thing. Okay. And that is they will still send me proofs of the cover at that point. Like I don't have veto power over cover art, but... I'm still going to see it. So that's at that point, that's the last part of the book publication process. I'm done with it, except for cover art and and any other little tweaky things. If they're asking me about text to go on the back cover or whatever, um, those types of tweaky things. Okay, so that is it for this episode. I have a fantastic call to action for everyone. Okay, stop, stop, stop. I have to make this call to action. All right, go I ahead. To, you do okay. it. You do it. Guys, go check out Steve's book. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. No, no, Where serious. can they find okay. it? Wherever books are sold. No, it's only at e- Amazon. E-version, E-version, right? It's, but it's, o- on, it's on Amazon, it's isn't it? Only at Amazon, yes. Only on Amazon. It's not expensive. And listen, this is really important, okay? You like listening to this show. We put it out to you because we love you. Every once in a while, we ask for a small favor. And Steve is not going to do the asking. I'm going to do the asking on, on his behalf. If you appreciate Steve, please go buy his $2.99 Kindle book. It's called The Four Seasons of Reno Heart. And do it as a thank you for this show, even if you never read it. I mean, of course, we'd really like you to read it. And we'd love to hear from you if you enjoyed it. But do this to support his time and effort and energy of making this show happen. Because without him, there would be no Taylor Stevens show. And you might be listening to this and think, oh, well, everybody else is going to do this, so I don't have to. No, I mean you. Really, you. Because this happens a lot for authors, is they'll ask for help for people who love them so much and appreciate them so much. And maybe 1% of these lovers respond. And I know you wouldn't be one of them and you wouldn't do that to Steve. So please go get the four seasons of Reno Heart as your way of saying thank you to Steve for making this show happen. How's that? I sure hope the recorder was working. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you know how you always say when I when I do the call to action for something that, that relates to you, you say, oh, we should turn that into a commercial. We should yeah. definitely turn this into a commercial. That was excellent. Thank you. You're so welcome. All right. We will be back again next week. We don't have a clean cut here because the processes don't completely cut at the same place. So uh, join us again next week. We'll get it back up to speed again and talk about the production, uh, the book production process and and how it differs uh, for for both of us. So we'll be back again next week. Thanks Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us, guys. We'll see you next week.